This audio presentation was pre-recorded and edited for brevity and clarity. Hello, I'm Michael Buckley with the Bright Focus Foundation. Welcome to today's Bright Focus chat, Vision Health During the Pandemic. If this is your first time on a Bright Focus chat, thank you and welcome. Let me tell you about Bright Focus and what we'll do today. Bright Focus funds some of the top researchers in the world. We support scientists who are trying to find cures for macular degeneration, glaucoma, and Alzheimer's. We share the latest news from these scientists with families who are impacted by these diseases. We have a number of free publications and plenty of materials on our website, brightfocus.org. Let me tell you about today's guest, uh, Dr. Joshua Deneyev of the University of Pennsylvania. We've been very fortunate to partner with Dr. Deneyev over the years uh, on research projects involving root causes and possible uh, treatments for macular degeneration. Dr. Deneyev is a frequent contributor to the Bright Focus website on articles about understanding and managing macular degeneration. And just recently, uh, he wrote a great article for us about how to maintain your vision health during the pandemic, which is uh, why we were very fortunate to have the opportunity to have, to have him with us today. So uh, without uh, further ado, Dr. Deneyev, thank you very much for, for being back with Bright Focus. Hi, Michael. It's always a pleasure to be with you here. Great. Start off with just a, a few kind of bigger picture questions, and we'll get a little more specific about, uh, you know, about vision health and some of our listener questions. Let's start with the question that's on everyone's mind. Uh, when is this going to be over? Well, you know, we hope sooner rather than later, but uh, I think realistically we may have to get used to a new normal here, uh, maybe for uh, a year and a half until we have a vaccine. Uh, or a medication. Uh, so I, I think we're going to have to continue with some degree of social distancing and, uh, and masks and, uh, and, and just be as careful as we can uh, during, during this period. But, you know, it's also important to maintain uh, connections with uh, friends and family and uh, do our activities as, as much as we can uh, while minimizing our risks, Michael. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, for the for our listeners uh, today, we will use COVID and coronavirus uh, in, interchangeably. So, Dr. Nath, uh does COVID impact eyesight and, and eye health at all? Well, fortunately, not very much. Uh, it can cause a, a red eye a conjunctivitis uh, in. Uh, not not very many COVID patients, but uh, a few COVID patients. Uh, that doesn't impact the long-term eye health, uh, but it but it can it can occur, which is not to say that anybody who has a red eye needs to be concerned that they have COVID. I mean, we have enough to worry about, and there are a lot of other causes of red eye. Uh, most commonly, it would be a viral infection, not COVID but some other type of virus uh, usually would go away within a few days. Uh, you do, if you do have a red eye and it uh, kind of feels like you have something in your eye and it's tearing a lot, well, you may actually have something in your eye, uh, in which case you could uh, try to get it out by holding some water in the cup of your hand, put your face into it, and uh, blink your eye. So you kind of uh, wash that out of your eye. Uh, you can also hold your eye uh, lashes, close your eye, 
and hold your lashes with your finger and then slowly roll your eye around and that can help bring something that's in your eye out. But if that doesn't help and it's affecting both eyes, both eyes are red and you feel like there's something in it and, and they're tearing, you probably have a, uh, a viral conjunctivitis. Again, probably not COVID. You just need to use some cool compresses, uh, use a tincture of time, wait until that goes away. But you do want to try to keep from giving it to other people. So you don't want to share uh, towels or linens uh, at a time when you, when you have uh, conjunctivitis and you do want to wash your hands. Uh, some of the same precautions that we're using for COVID, except that fortunately uh, viral conjunctivitis isn't usually going to get transmitted by talking or sneezing or um, the same kinds of things that uh, COVID can, uh, can get transmitted by. Well, great, thank you. And you know, uh, I think one of the big picture challenges people face is, you know, on bright focus chats and everything people read over the years talk about staying on top of of your vision health, regular eye appointments, regular treatments for AMD. But yet, it, you know, now in a social distancing, we know that a lot of medical appointments are getting canceled. So, how does somebody balance, uh, you know, the risk of vision loss through AMD versus the risk of COVID? Like, do should people keep their eye appointments or skip them? Do you have sort of a big picture advice on that? Well, Michael, balance is really the right word here. So it's going to depend on your risk of COVID. And that is going to depend on how many cases there are in your area at any given time. And it's also going to depend on your risk factors. Uh, so, you, so people, many people know that the, uh, Risk factors for uh, severe outcomes with COVID are uh, increasing age and uh, high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, uh, other chronic diseases. So people who have those are at uh, a higher risk uh, and need to be even more careful. But then uh, we, you know, we need to be able to see and uh, if. If you have an urgent eye issue that could uh, impact your ability to see, you have to balance that against the risk of, uh, of getting COVID. So examples of, uh, of urgent eye issues would be, well, for example, somebody who has macular degeneration and is getting injections for wet macular degeneration. Studies have shown that those injections help to preserve the current vision and sometimes improve it. And patients who stop getting the injections are likely to have a decrease in their vision. So it is important for, for these patients to talk to their ophthalmologists or their offices and figure out what is the best frequency to be getting those injections at, at this time or on an ongoing basis that may change. Michael, it may change depending on the, the patient's condition, and it may change depending on the condition of COVID in the area at, uh, at that given time. Uh, for patients without AMD, the, uh, the risk factors for vision loss that I'd be concerned about are a sudden change in vision. Uh, that's something to definitely call an ophthalmologist about. Uh, things like new floaters and flashing lights, or part of the vision is blocked. Um, 
if you're not sure if you've maybe had a change in vision, it is important to cover one eye at a time and check each eye individually. Because with both eyes working together, the good eye can take over for the most part. And you might not even notice that one eye isn't, isn't seeing very well. Uh, one thing that would be concerning for people with a history of macular degeneration is distortion in the central vision. If, uh, for example, you're looking at a door frame and the door frame looks curved instead of straight, that could be concerning. Or if you're looking at a, a page of text and some of the lines of text look wavy, or you're looking at a graph like an Amsler grid that we give to patients to check their vision and the lines look wavy, that can be an indication that wet macular degeneration is acting up and the patients really need to call their eye doctor and um, probably get an injection uh, in, within a few weeks if they're, if they're having symptoms like that. Um, another con really concerning thing would be eye pain. So uh, new, some, some eye pain can be a sign of an infection in the eye or inflammation or in the eye that could potentially be permanently damaging. One thing that can cause eye pain that is not quite as concerning is a sty. So if you have a little bump on your eyelid, it's, uh, like a red localized bump, that may go away on its own and you can encourage it to go away by using some warm compresses. Uh, if it, uh, the area of redness enlarges and it, the whole eyelid becomes red, then that's more concerning that an infection may be spreading. And Michael, these are the kinds of things that can be determined uh, sometimes by telemedicine. So uh, telemedicine is when you call your doctor and the doctor, the ophthalmologist arranges for you to uh, talk either on a computer with a camera in it or on the phone and you send them pictures of your eye. And uh, for some conditions, the ophthalmologist can figure out what's going on based on the history that you tell them, your uh, symptoms, and a picture of your eye. And that could save you a trip uh, to, the, to the doctor's office. That's great. I'd like to uh, you know, get into that more in about one second. So, Dr. Nave, it's a great point you mentioned about telemedicine. I think that is a, it's that's new for for a lot of people. It's not how we've we've interacted with uh, with our healthcare professionals. Uh, any tips for people on how to 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 make something that is probably unfamiliar and new uh, go better? Sure, it is very different for patients to do this for for doctors to be doing it. Uh, I think many of us are doing telecommunications, video communications, more uh, Zoom uh, chats and uh, uh, iPhone uh, FaceTime chats and lots of other chats that my kids know a lot more about than I do. Uh, but uh, it enables us to stay uh, connected to, you know, to some degree as best we can with people. And that is very important. And uh, it's the same for a doctor's visit. Uh, a telemedicine visit can <clears throat> be more informative than just a phone call if the doctor can actually see you and you can see the doctor and the 
doctor can see what your what your eye looks like at least on the on the surface uh so to pre prepare for this i mean it can be on uh on zoom or uh whatever uh software the the doctor's office wants to use they'll make it easy for you to uh to to use it the the, the office would give you instructions about how to how to use it uh and uh, then it, it's just like having otherwise how you prepare for uh, an in-person doctor's visit. I mean, you'd want to uh, have a list of uh, your symptoms uh, so you can explain what's been happening. Uh, you want to have your medical and, uh, and eye history so you can tell that to the doctor, your medications that you're on, the allergies that you have. Uh, and. Um, and then you'll be ready to give the doctor the information that uh, that they'll need. If you have any medical records, uh, if, if um, you're not uh, currently a, a patient with that doctor, it's helpful to have medical records or even images of your eye uh, from, uh, from, from doctors that you've seen in, in the past. And uh, you can request those records to be sent to you uh, electronically often. Uh, by um, by uh, doctors' offices. Well, that's great. And yeah, so in the, in this sort of new area of telemedicine, are the things that we've grown accustomed to uh, at an in-person event, at in-person uh, appointments, such as the HIPAA privacy protections and insurance coverage and copays, do those stay the same uh, in a telemed appointment? Yeah, I mean, Michael, these things are um, are evolving very rapidly, but um, uh, the HIPAA protections are are uh, still in in place. Patient privacy is uh, is protected, um, and uh, insurance uh, will uh, often cover telemedicine, um, especially now. You know, in these in this COVID era. Uh, insurance companies realize the importance of the telemedicine, and uh, these uh, these visits, virtual visits, uh, are are often uh, covered by insurance. Great, thank you. I want to turn to uh, a few listener questions. Uh, a listener that's wondering about, you know, the 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 regular uh, vision health, you know, uh, tests for new prescription for glasses or contacts. Um, based off what you said before, is that something that they should? Um, uh, assume that they would postpone or their doctor's office would want to postpone? Or what about your sort of, uh, I guess, in, in, uh, your annual sort of well visit uh, to a, an eye care professional? Yeah. So, um, again, Michael, it's a matter of balancing risks and, and uh, of COVID and uh, risks to your eye from not going for that visit. I mean, if your vision is, uh, is good, uh, you're able to cover one eye at a time and read well and uh, uh, there, there's nothing blocking any part of your visual field, uh, your eyes are comfortable, um, you don't have any history of uh, macular degeneration or diabetes or glaucoma, uh, then you can probably put off those, uh, those regular visits. I mean, a lot of people will go in to get their uh, glasses adjusted. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're seeing well, uh, then you don't need to get a new pair of glasses. Uh, some people think that um, maybe the glasses need to, to be changed on, on some, some regular basis, but 
if you're able to see well, uh, some people don't need to change their glasses prescription for, for many years. Um, so sometimes glasses get scratched and you, and you want to get a new pair, but if everything is in focus, what you could do is just uh, ask your, call your ophthalmologist or optometrist and ask to have a copy of the uh, prescription sent to you. And uh, then you could just order a new pair with the same prescription that you had before. Uh, same thing with contact lenses. Uh, if your eyes are comfortable, not red, and you're seeing well, and you want to replace your contact lenses, you could call the uh, ophthalmologist or optometrist and uh, get the uh, prescription and, uh, and replace them. It is important to replace uh, contact lenses as scheduled. If you use them the same pair for too long, then material can build up on them, and that puts you at risk for a potentially vision-threatening infection. So you, you have to really continue to use the contact lenses as you were before, not longer than you were supposed to, never sleep in them. Make sure the cleaning is done properly with the right cleaning solutions at the right frequency. Because if you don't do that, you can put your eye at severe risk for uh, a bad infection uh, in, uh, in, the, uh, in the eye. But, you know, I appreciate that point. And kind of staying on contact lenses for a moment, you know, we read during the COVID times, we're not, we're told to try to not to touch our face or touch our eyes. But what about contact lenses or eye drops? How does somebody balance potentially conflicting advice about not touching their face and eyes, but yet using eye drops or contacts? Well, Michael, if you're in your home and you've um, not been out uh, in, in the public, you haven't gone shopping for food or something like that, uh, you've been home for a few days, uh, it's really minimal risk for, uh, for getting COVID uh, there. If you do go out uh, to shop for food, for example, you, you wanna uh, make sure that you wash your hands very thoroughly for at least 20 seconds, uh, really scrub the front and the back and between your fingers and your fingertips and your wrists uh, before you're going to uh, touch your face, including something like putting in eye drops or, uh, or putting in uh, contact lenses. Good, good advice. And another question we got was um, related to glasses. And how do you not get your glasses fogged up when wearing a mask? Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, the, the reason they fog up is uh, when you breathe out, a lot of air with moisture uh, can be pushed up your face toward your eyes, toward your glasses, uh, and then that moisture just sits uh, on your glasses and fogs them. Uh, so uh, one way you can do it is to uh, exhale through your mouth instead of your nose and direct that stream of air uh, differently. Uh, or you can change the the way the uh, mask is fitting so that uh, you let the air escape more from the bottom than uh, than from the top. Uh, but uh, that yeah, that can be uh, that can be a tough one. Yeah, it's a challenge none of us ever thought about before before a few weeks ago. And it's uh, kind of curious about uh, your own uh, practice or just ophthalmology in general. Like when people do you know, under the conditions you talk about, need to see uh, their eye doctor in person. How has the, the, the physical setup and the, the, the nature of a, of a visit changed um, during the pandemic? 
Yeah, quite a lot, Michael. Um, the, the American Academy of Ophthalmology has uh, recommended uh, a couple of some weeks ago that uh, only really urgent uh, cases uh, be seen and uh, routine care uh, be deferred. Now they're um, loosening that up a, a bit now as uh, the curve has been flattened, at least in in some locations. And uh, when when it, it gets to the point where uh, the number of cases is, is controlled, then um, we're starting to see recommendations to uh, expand the, uh, the number of patients who can be seen. Uh, we may be able to see patients, for example, getting cataract surgery uh, again in the, uh, in the coming weeks uh, in, some, in some places. Um, the offices are taking great precautions now to minimize risk. And, so how are they doing that? They're um, keeping people uh, separated physically, uh, at least six feet apart. Uh, the healthcare professionals are gonna be wearing masks. Uh, patients are probably gonna be wearing masks uh, also, or at least uh, recommended that they, uh, that they wear masks. Um, probably uh, uh, accompanying uh, people, uh, family members or friends who come in with the patient will be encouraged not to come into the office unless it's uh, absolutely necessary to help the patient with mobility and uh, so forth uh, because we just want to keep the number of people in the office uh, as as low as uh, as possible and 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 uh, spaced apart as uh, possible uh, cleaning procedures i mean obviously the offices were always clean carefully, but that's been redoubled now so that there's a lot more disinfection uh, going on in, um, in every, uh, every corner of the, uh, of the offices. And, you know, at the outset, you talked about the, the, the new normal and just your own projection of the future. What type of changes in, in, a, uh, in an ophthalmological office do you think will we'll endure after um, what change, you know, if any, uh, will endure after the, the, the uh, coronavirus dies down? Um, well, we're, we're going to see more, um, more physical barriers. Uh, there will be uh, more plastic, um, plastic barriers, like uh, for, for check-in. Um, you know, there, you may, there may be a, more of a plastic or glass barrier between the patient and, um, and the um, front desk personnel. Uh, you may see more plastic barriers going up on um, the uh, the equipment that the eye doctor uses to uh, to examine you. So, for example, the uh, the main piece of equipment that we use is called a slit lamp, which is the thing that you put your chin on and uh, your forehead against a uh, a cushion strap. Um, now, uh, many of those are going to have a plastic shield between the uh, the patient's face and the ophthalmologist's face uh, that doesn't interfere with the exam, but it uh, does prevent any uh, transfer of uh, air or droplets between the ophthalmologist and the patient's mouth or nose. Good to know. We have a few questions that have come in about life at home, which is something we're, we're doing a lot of now. Um, with one caller wondering about any uh, specific vitamins or food that are best uh, for vision health during the pandemic? I'm glad you asked that, Michael. Um, 
people who uh, have um, inflammation are at increased risk for uh, complications of COVID. So the, um, the, the people who are at highest risk have uh, diseases like diabetes and uh, high blood pressure and, uh, and just people who are, uh, who are older. And uh, what this all has in common, all of these conditions, uh, is that they have uh, inflammation. And uh, what do I mean by that? So uh, inflammation is the immune system being overactive and uh, tending to attack our own bodies to some extent. And all these chronic conditions, uh, heart disease, diabetes, macular degeneration, Alzheimer's disease, arthritis, they all involve inflammation. And as we get older, our immune systems tend to be uh, more overactive in, in against ourselves and, and causing this inflammation. And um, my brother and I, my brother's an internist who studies the uh, benefits of uh, including a lot of plants in the diet. We've, we've now studied his patients and uh, come out with a couple of peer-reviewed publications showing that eat, people who eat lots of fruits and vegetables have, can decrease their inflammation. How do we know that? We can measure it with a blood test called C-reactive protein or CRP. And uh, CRP is important because people with higher CRP are known to have a higher risk of heart disease. This was shown over the past couple of decades by uh, a doctor named Paul Ridker at Harvard. It's also associated with increased risk for macular degeneration. Joanna Seddon at Harvard uh, also showed that uh, CRP in the blood is, is associated with increased risk for macular degeneration. So we can lower, we've shown that we can lower CRP in the blood by putting people on a diet that's rich in fruits and vegetables, nuts, grains, and seeds, uh, especially dark green leafy vegetables like spinach, kale, collard greens, and bok choy. And one staple of this diet, Michael, is a smoothie. And uh, I'm sitting here right now with with a smoothie on my desk at home. Well, you practice uh, what you uh, preach. <laughs> oh, I I do. I have to. And uh, I'll tell you, I've um, ironically with this COVID thing, I've never felt healthier because I've been eating at home all the time, not eating out, not eating at at uh, the office, and uh, I, so I can really control what I'm eating, and that's really what I recommend for. Uh, patients with macular degeneration or just anyone who wants to reduce their COVID risk, get that inflammation down. And uh, so this smoothie, if you like, I can post the recipe on your website, but yeah, uh, it contains uh, yeah. blueberries, cocoa powder, banana, flaxseed, spinach, and soy milk. And uh, you may say, oh, gross spinach in a smoothie, but um, there's enough other stuff in there that it actually tastes pretty good. And uh, we actually just um, looked at some data. People who don't change anything in their diet other than have one of these smoothies once a day can lower their C-reactive protein in seven days. Wow. Well, that's great. A really quick effect, really quick effect from a uh, relatively painless uh, thing, just having this, um, this smoothie for, uh, for you know, whatever, breakfast or whenever you want throughout the day. 
The benefit of the smoothie is that these plants have a lot of antioxidants, uh, that uh, phytonutrients that lower your inflammation. And the smoothie uh, mixes it all up in a way that's very easy to digest and absorb all these healthy plant uh, nutrients. Things like sugar, refined sugar, and uh, lots of animal products increase your inflammation. Fish, like salmon, once or twice a week has healthy fish oils that reduce the risk of macular degeneration. So if you're going to have an animal product, I think fish is, uh, is, is the preferred one. That's good to know. We have another uh, question about a different part of being at home. Uh, a lot of us want to try to read, read more. And, and um, uh, any suggestions for magnifying tools or lighting changes now that we're spending more time at home, whether that's reading or, you know, different activities that are that are home-based. Um, how can we, uh, you know, enjoy those activities while also keeping good vision health? Yeah, good question. Uh, so if, uh, if you're having trouble reading, it, it can help to increase the lighting. So if you have a uh, lamp that you can have nearby or maybe one that um, is on a swivel or um, one of those flexible ones that you can bring near to the reading material and shine it on the reading material. Uh, that may make it easier for you. If you're reading on a computer or um, a Kindle or an electronic device, you can change the settings. I mean, you can increase the size of the letters, the font. Uh, you can increase the brightness. You can reverse the contrast, which can make it easier so that Rather than reading black letters on a white background, you're reading white letters on a background, uh, black background. It's easier on the eyes, actually, because you're kind of shining less bright background light at your eyes. And magnifiers can help. Uh, you can get them on uh, uh, Amazon, for example. Some of them have built-in lights. So you hold the magnifier, you press a switch, the light goes on, and then you can really see, um, you know, the few words that you want to read with that handheld magnifier. There all are also magnifiers that'll uh, sit on a table or a desk, so you don't have to hold it if you want to read something for a longer period of time. That's good to know. And, you know, uh, another question about being at home is, you know, we've all learned that, that a key part of healthy aging is that, that social interaction, social stimulation, uh, you know, in terms of, of keeping keeping you know age-related diseases um, at bay. So any advice for people that are dealing with the isolation and the loneliness and the anxiety that, that comes from a quarantine period? Yeah, really important to stay connected uh, by phone or uh, by computer with Zoom or by FaceTime so you can, uh, so you can see people too. Uh, and uh, I just um, I just bought something for my mom, uh, which is um, a digital picture frame that I can email photos to, and um, my brothers and and her grandchildren can do this too. So she can get new photos to look at every day. Uh, it's called a skylight. I, I have nothing to do with this company, but other than <laughs> I bought their product. Uh, but uh, I'm sure that I'm getting her that for Mother's Day. I'm sure she's really going to love that. Well, that's great. I think it really is, you know, very, very important about the about the connectivity and and um, it kind of re another question we got related to that was: 
people who go to vision rehabilitation uh, services, is something like that continuing uh, d during COVID? Well, again, there's the issue of the balance. Um, so at times when uh, there's more COVID around, that's not an, um, an urgent uh, issue in, in most cases. It's something that, that can be put off for a while, um, but um, uh, there's probably some telemedicine happening uh, with uh, low vision specialists who are uh, optometrists who are, are uh, focused, no, uh, no pun intended, on uh, patients with, um, with visual impairment. And they're experts on all kinds of uh, approaches to optimizing the vision that you have using uh, computers or magnifiers or lights or special glasses. Um, so in a time when there's a, some COVID around that, I think it would be hard to, um, to um, uh, justify the risk of, of, uh, of going in in, per, in person until the, the risks are reduced. Certainly um, in most places now, um, the, the risks would be uh, too high for that. Maybe not in a, some locations where there's not much virus, but um, Wherever there's a fair amount of the virus, you wouldn't want to go in for that in person, but you might be able to do it by telemedicine. Oh, it's good to know. And so, Dr. Janaev, um just want to thank you so much for for all your advice uh, and assistance today. So, just kind of a final concluding question: Is there sort of one bit of advice that you want to share with us to, to help us all stay as uh, as healthy and and safe and and uh, and as happy as we can be uh, during this difficult time? Well, Michael, I want to thank you and uh, Bright Focus for uh, giving me the opportunity to reach all these people uh, at this time, uh, especially when, um, you know, we're, our, our mobility is uh, limited and um, we do have a lot of concerns. Uh, things have changed in a lot of ways over the past few months and uh, really appreciate uh, being, able, being able to talk to all these people. Um, and... Um, uh, I think the, the, the final thought I would uh, leave you with today is um, cooperation. Um, I think we, we really need to work together on this at every level. Uh, we need patients need to talk to their doctors more on the phone initially rather than coming into the office right away. Very important to make that phone call and explain what the issue may be uh, before deciding with the office staff or the doctor whether to, whether to come and don't just show up. Um, you know, that, that's putting yourself and everyone else at risk. Um, and uh, just working together with, uh, with family, with, uh, with community, uh, internationally, you know, the, the, every political party, the, the, the enemy here is the virus. We, we need to, to off keep to keep our focus on that and make sure we're all working together and, and cooperating uh, to uh, to get this under control and uh, eradicate it as soon as possible. That's great advice. I think you're right. I think in times of stress and great challenge, it's it's a real fork in the road to either, like I said, uh, you know, come together and cooperate or um, or not. So I really appreciate. Uh, Today, how you outlined the the intersection between between COVID and vision health, and I think you made a lot of a lot of really good points because this is a time when people have have a lot of questions and, and a lot of concerns, and, and I really appreciate your uh, your help guiding us through that. And so again, 
Uh, Dr. Janaev, on behalf of Bright Focus, I just want to thank you for, for being um, so helpful to, to our, our, our community during this time. My pleasure. Thank you, Michael, and uh, stay safe and, and healthy, everybody. Great. Great. On, uh, this concludes today's Bright Focus chat. We will talk to you May 27th. Thanks. The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.